Hi friends, this is Compassion Podcast. On the 21st of May, we will have a short online program called Night of Compassion. And we want to invite you to that program. The program will begin at 8 p.m. Beijing time. You can keep the date and you can invite your friends. Remember that God is your father. See you at the Night of Compassion. This podcast is brought to you by Friends of Compassion Podcast. Let us open our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 2. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. One of the definitions of holiness is what God chooses. When God chooses somebody or something, that thing becomes holy that person becomes holy. The reason is, God has chosen him. For example, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says this, and I quote, But you are a chosen generation. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. As you can see this verse, you are a chosen generation. Who chose you? God. And then the next line, the next thing he says is a royal priesthood, comma, a holy nation. Anytime God chooses somebody, that thing becomes holy. That person becomes holy. When God chooses a thing, that thing becomes holy. Again, he said his own special people that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, you are God's chosen generation. You are God's holy nation. You are God's own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of word, darkness, into his marvelous light. This is one of the definitions of holiness. If God chooses you, you become set apart for him or you become set apart to him. You become holy. God has chosen you how? God chose you in Christ. The same way God chose the Israelites is the same way God has chosen you in Christ. Please, let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 and I'm reading from the New Living Translation NLT. Even before God made the world, God loved us. God loved you. God loved me. Even before he made the world, yeah, sounds impossible. Only God can do this. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ. You are chosen in Christ. Every child of God, any Christian, the one who is born again, is chosen by God in Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. 
Is this in the Bible? It is. It is. God has loved you. God has loved me. And he has chosen you. He has chosen me. We're in Christ. And because he has chosen us, we have become holy. Look at the next line again. To be holy and without fault in his eyes. God does not see your faults. It sounds strange. But this is what God does. Let me take it again. Before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. So this is one of the definitions of holiness. Whatever God chooses, that thing becomes holy. If God chooses a person, that person becomes holy. And right now, in these verses, God has chosen you. And what does that make you? Holy. You are. God's choosing, always, in the Bible, in the Scriptures, has something to do with holiness every time it is read like that. Yes, anytime you see God choosing something or God choosing, God choosing somebody, it has something to do with holiness in the Scriptures. We see this right here in this verse, First um, Peter 2 verse 9 again. Please, let's, let me just quote quickly. This is what he said. But you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. Chosen is written here in this verse, and you find holy also written there. Sometimes it shows like that in a verse or context. Sometimes it does that. But this is what I'm saying to you and to me, to us, to all of us, and to anyone who is listening. This is what I'm saying. You have been chosen by God. God has chosen you in Christ to be his special treasure. Let me read Ephesians 1 verse 4 again. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. So let me try and make it personal. Even before he made the world, God loved me and chose me in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. It may not seem like it that God has chosen you to be his special treasure. You may not feel like it. But it makes no difference. As long as you've made Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, God has chosen you and he has set his heart on you. You don't, ha- you don't have to be jealous of anyone in this world. God Almighty has chosen you to be his special treasure, you. Allow me, let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 2, our opening text. Chapter 14, verse 2. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. And the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself. A special treasure above all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. If we want to go by our definition again, as you can see, there is holy here in this verse mentioned here. And we see the Lord choosing again. And then we have become God's special Treasures. Can you see that in the Bible? Yeah. Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 2. But this is what I want to say. The child of God is chosen by God. The same way he chose the Israelites is the same way God has chosen the Christian, the believer. The one who has received Jesus Christ. He has chosen him in Christ. So you are chosen. Once you were a sinner and you lived in darkness. Some time ago, you were a sinner and you lived in darkness. But God delivered you from the low life of darkness. And delivered you into the kingdom of his dear son. Please, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. 
New Living Translation. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, once we were sinners, once we lived in darkness, once we were living in this low life, once we were living the low life, now we've been delivered into the kingdom of God's dear son. This is what it says. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, sometime once, sometime ago, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. That's the devil. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God, please say but God, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life, he gave us life, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. This was Ephesians 2 from verse 1 to verse 5. New Living Translation. This is beautiful. But how God did it is what stuns us, is what baffles us. How he did it. In Romans chapter 5 verse 6 to verse 8. And I believe I'm reading also from New Living Translation. Yeah, let's, let's look at let's look at how God did it, how He did it. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Ooh. Mm. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. It's not common for people to die for good people. It's not common. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God, say but God again, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, God sent his son Jesus Christ to come die for us. This is what baffles us. But God did this by paying expensively with the precious blood of his son. Now you are God's special treasure that he has bought. He bought you expensively. That means you have become his treasure. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, New Living Translation. And I read, For God bought you with a high price. Ooh. God bought me with a high price. Angels don't get it. They still say, What is man that you are mindful of them? God bought me with a high price. So the Bible says, So you must honor God with your body. God bought me with a high price. God set his heart on you. God set his heart on me, and he bought you with a high price. A high price. You've become his treasure. Let me show you something. Please, let's open our Bibles to Matthew, again to Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Matthew 6, verse 21. The Bible says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me read again. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I have a question for you. If you are God's treasure, then guess where God's heart will be? On you. See, because you are God's treasure, you've become his responsibility. 
You are not just a face in the crowd in this world. You've become his responsibility. He is responsible for you now because you are his treasure. He is your Lord. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. So you don't have to be afraid or worried about anything in this life. Why? Because you are God's responsibility now. This is what God says to us. Because he knows that he is the one to take care of us. Big time, in a big way. This is what he says. In Philippians chapter 4, from verse 6 to verse 7, New Living Translation. Don't worry about anything. Anything means anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Then, you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Say I'm wherever you are. This is beautiful stuff. It's good. It's good. I'd love to read this again. This, this is beautiful. Good stuff. He tells us again in First Peter 5 verse 7. This is what he says. He said, Casting all your curse, your worries, your anxieties, your concerns upon him because he cares for you. How affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Can you believe that God watches over you? Can you believe that God thinks about you? That's what treasure does to its owners. That's what it does to its owners. It makes the owners to think about it over and over again. We'll be right back. Hi friends, this is Compassion Podcast. On the 21st of May, we will have a short online program called Night of Compassion. We want to invite you to that program. The program will begin at 8 p.m. Beijing time. You can keep the date and you can invite your friends. Remember, that God is your Father. See you at the Night of Compassion. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When the heart is touched, the mind and the hands, they follow suit. Now you are qualified for God's hands of, of power. You are qualified for God's miracles, for God's provision, for God's care. You are on his mind. Yes, you are on God's mind. Nothing can separate you from his love for you. Nothing. Not even your failures, your mistakes, your sins. Please, let's open the Bibles again to Romans chapter 8, verse 33 to 39. New Living Translation, Romans 8, verse 33. It's a long verse, but let's look at it. It's a beautiful scripture. Romans 8, 33 to verse 39. Who dares, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Who, who, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Remember, God has chosen us. So who can accuse us? We that God has chosen for his own. No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us. And was raised to life for us. Can you see that in the Bible? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us. What was the reason? 
for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or we are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ, who loved us. Say Amen. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. This is from the Bible. I'm reading from New Living Translations. Let me take that part again. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Hmm, this is beautiful. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This is beautiful. So sweet. God set his heart and mind on you and brought you into his family. Now you are God's child. And if you are his child, then you are an heir, an heir of God and joint heir with Jesus Christ. He set his heart on you and gave you the name of his son, Jesus Christ, to ask anything in his name. Whatever you ask the Father in Jesus' name, he will give it to you. Make use of this. He set his heart on you and gave you his life through his beloved Son. John 3.16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He set his heart on us and gave us this eternal life through his Son, Jesus Christ. The word so loved us, so speaks of intensity of the Father's love for you and for me. He sent his beloved son to be punished, to be crushed, to suffer in your place and in my place. In Isaiah 53, he says, It was the Lord's will to crush him, to crush Jesus, and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, made him to suffer, to be an offering for our sin. Who did it? The Lord. It was the Lord's will. It was God's will to crush Jesus. The same book, the same chapter, Isaiah 53, verse 4. This is what it says. Surely, Jesus took our pains. He took our sicknesses. He took our cancers. He took our arthritis. He took our TB. He took our asthma. He took every incurable disease we can ever think of in this world. He took it. And bore our suffering. And yet we considered him punished by God. When? More than 2,000 years ago. He did this on the cross for us. Stricken by God. And afflicted. God did this to him. To get you. To get me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Made his son to suffer in our place. In your place, in my place. That anyone who believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. On the cross, God punished Jesus for every sin on your behalf. 
and on my behalf. God the Father does not see your faults. Do you know why? Because he puts all your faults, all your sins, all your mistakes on his son Jesus Christ on the cross. All of it. And that is why today he does not impute to you fault. He does not impute to you sins. He does not impute to you mistakes. He has already condemned all of them on his son Jesus Christ on your behalf. Today you have become God's responsibility. He supplies all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. This may sound too good to be true, but believe me, it is true. When Jesus came on earth, he, he called us to a way of living that gave no thought, no worry about tomorrow, and put our future wholly into God's hands. This is what he said. Matthew 6, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. You are chosen by God. And now you are God's responsibility. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He knows. And all these things shall be added to you. Given to you from who? From, from your Father. Jesus does not mean that we are not to plan ahead for our future. No. But we can be constantly harassed by these two little words. What if? What if? What if the economy fails? What if I lose my job? What if I lose my health insurance? What if my faith fails me in trying times? What if this pandemic doesn't stop? What if I get retrenched? What if? What if? What if? We all have a thousand what-ifs. And all these are anxieties, fears, worries, and concerns. The Lord interrupts our what-ifs and tells us, Your Heavenly Father knows how to take care of you. Your Heavenly Father knows how to take care of you. And I can add that the reason that God will take care of you is because He has set His heart on you. You do not need to fear or worry about anything in this life. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not leave you without aid or support. He goes on to say, this, this is what our Lord said, He said, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Look at the birds. They don't work, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. The one who feeds the bed is your father, is my father. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? And our Lord adds something that is so beautiful. O oh, you of little faith! Let us gladly give all our yesterdays to the Lord and turn over to Him our past sins and every kind of sin. Let's give it to Him. We trust Him for forgiveness of all our failures and all our sins. We can do the same with our tomorrows. Let's trust Him with our lives. Do you know sometimes we become fearful because we forget that we are on His heart. We forget that He has paid ransomly 
We forget that he has paid a high price to get us. We forget that we are his children. We forget that we are on his, on his mind. And I want you to know this. Know and believe that the Father has his eyes on you. And wherever you are, you are listening to this. And you want to receive this Jesus into your life. You want to make him your Lord. You want to come home to the Father's love. You want to say Amen to what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you, for your sins. And to make his own. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Dear God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to come die for me. I believe in my heart that you, God, you raised him from the dead. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord over my life from today. I receive your eternal life now and I ask for your Holy Spirit to come and dwell in me and live in me. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you for accepting me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Congratulations if you prayed that simple prayer. You are now a child of God, a son or a daughter of God. You're welcome to this great family and God bless you. I want you to pray a prayer for you right now. Now, be the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep. Make you complete in every good work. Make you perfect in every way to do his will. Working in you what is well pleasing in his sight, and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for downloading this podcast. If you were helped in any way by this episode, please give us your review and subscribe to receive latest messages like these. If you want to contact us on a personal level, please. Send us an email to the email address in the description below. We would love to hear from you. Keep on hearing and keep on growing. And remember that God is your Father. Stay tuned for the next episode.